Base Camp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is the show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. Looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. This episode is dedicated to all who love freedom in all its glorious colors. And a special thank you to Jason Hoyt, who writes beautifully about civics. It's not a natural topic for me to create from, and I'm thankful to Jason for his sharp and intelligent perspective. Today is one of my short format fire starters for men titled My Favorite F-Word. What is my favorite F-Word? freedom, of course. And if you believe the mainstream media, whose corruption everyone is coming to see for themselves, then I must be a racist, a domestic terrorist for having freedom and liberty in the Constitution at the center of my value system. Think about that for a second. And this is a different sort of episode for me, and my apologies if it comes off as a sort of rehashed civics course. As I was watching We the People's Confusion during the shit show that was You Know What, I consequently did a deep dive into natural law, the Constitution, and the purpose of government. I sought to at least empower myself with knowledge. I hope this episode doesn't come off as too preachy. I made it in case there are some points for you to study and remember in our near future. Here we go. I'd like to start off with a quote by President Ronald Reagan, who said, quote, Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass this to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on to them to do the same. Or one day we will spend our sunset years telling our children and children's children what it was once like to live in the United States where men were free, unquote. This is a bit of a chilling quote after all that we've just been through. An information and disinformation war where much of the world's population readily surrendered their freedoms to comply and feel safe. This kind of it's-for-your-own-good political maneuvering in effect is a familiar one to anyone who's read history. It is, as President Reagan said, the responsibility of all who believe in freedom to pass it on to the next generation, and I proudly count myself as a lover of Lady Liberty. If we do not stand up for freedom and independence today, then my son and your sons and daughters will sadly live in a very different America. I, for one, could not look at myself in the mirror if I did not stand up and speak out on behalf of our beloved Lady Liberty. When we speak of America, there are some principles that are at the core, and these are the very essence of what it means to be American. Freedom, liberty, independence, land of the free. These are not slogans. They are the backbone and the foundation of our constitutional republic. We live in the land of the free. To believe otherwise goes against the very fabric that is America. If you don't believe in freedom, then you don't believe in America and what she stands for. It's really that simple. And if you aren't willing to stand and fight for freedom, what are you willing to fight for? What else is there? And if only a small portion of our population is willing to stand and embody freedom, then I believe we have a big problem. In many parts of every hero's journey, the hero will find him or herself on the fence, unsure of what to do or what to stand for even. It's always one of the crises of the storyline. There will always be a meta-narrative or principle that is trying to express itself through the protagonist. You are the protagonist of the story. And the principle that is seeking your engagement and your voice is freedom with a capital F. I, for one, would not miss this opportunity to engage and defend her. 
1776, the colonists severed ties with King George of England and declared their independence in the world. And the significance of this event cannot be overstated. The minute after voting, the Americans were free, independent, and sovereign individuals. They took complete responsibility for their lives and spoke on behalf of all humanity, for we the people, by declaring human beings have natural God-given rights. This would also be called natural law. In the Declaration of Independence, Thomas Jefferson clearly communicated that our rights come from God, not man. Our rights are naturally ours. By our humanity alone, we have natural God-given rights. To think otherwise suggests we get our rights from another source. Does the government give us our rights? No. Does a bureaucrat like Anthony Fauci or Jay Inslee or Gavin Newsom give us our rights? No. Do we wait for a new policy or mandate or law to find out what our rights are? No, not at all. The reason this perspective is so important is because if man can grant our rights, then man can take them away. And we saw this in spades during the last couple of years. Here's our founding fathers in the Declaration of Independence, something they're not teaching in schools anymore. Quote, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, unquote. Unalienable means that these rights cannot be taken or given away. They cannot be sold or transferred. You have a natural God-given right to remain alive and enjoy freedom and liberty in the pursuit of happiness. Every single person on earth is free to enjoy these things as long as we do not infringe on the natural God-given rights of others. I'm not allowed to infringe on your rights, and you're not allowed to infringe on mine. The Proper Role of Government Have you ever stepped back and asked why does the government exist? They tax too much, they spend too much, they are wildly inefficient, they're slow to react to problems, and they lack common sense. Plus, look at all the graft and corruption. So why was the government created in the first place? What's the purpose? Well, let's return to the source document, the Declaration of Independence, that says, quote, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, unquote. And which rights are they charged with protecting? Our natural, God-given, unalienable rights. Government does not exist to grant you your rights. It exists to protect your unalienable, God-given rights. Yet, look where we are today. People are waiting for the government to give them back their rights, rights that they already have, rights that are inherent as a human being in this free republic. In addition, look at government overreach in so many areas. Want to add something to your property? You need approval first. Want to peaceably assemble on the public square? You have to get a permit for that. And there are cities today that restrict your ability to grow a garden on your own property. And in Florida a few years back, a man was arrested twice in one week for feeding the homeless. The government's role is not to grant your rights or restrict them or hand them out as they see fit with permit for money. It's not to give permission, steer behavior, manipulate, intimidate, play favorites, or boost the economy. That's not their job. Their only stated job is to preserve, protect, and, quote, secure these rights, unquote. Maximum freedom for every individual must be the goal. Always. We are called the land of the free for a damn good reason. All political power is inherent in the people. You must keep in mind the government has zero authority and zero power until the people give it to them. Consent is granted either by direct permission or by acquiescence. The second type of surrender is what we saw many of the masses do during COVID. Simply stated, government gets its power from our consent. They can do nothing without it. Zip, zero, nada. And we the people, I believe, need to be better at embodying this truth. We are not a democracy. 
There was a lot of confusion about this. You hear our democracy a lot, and I even used to say this. However, we do not live in a democracy. We live in a constitutional republic, and this is not my opinion. This is a fact. Benjamin Franklin, the famous inventor and signer of the Declaration of Independence, once said, quote, democracy is two wolves and a lamb voting on what to have for lunch, unquote. Democracy means rule by majority, and to most people, this seems fair. This seems like how it should be done, right? But the founders could see the problem with this and put things into the Constitution for this very reason. That's why it takes two-thirds to override a veto, and two-thirds of the states are necessary to call a convention, and three-fourths of the states must approve amendments to the Constitution. And the mere existence of the Electoral College proves we are not ruled by a simple majority when electing our president and vice president. The most important reason we are not a democracy is not about policy, though. It's, again, about protection of our natural God-given rights. In a democracy, if the majority of people are convinced you shouldn't be able to say certain things, then your natural God-given right to speak your mind won't matter. In a democracy, the majority of the people can vote away your natural God-given unalienable right to defend yourself. That is why we are not a democracy, and why we have safeguards in place throughout the U.S. Constitution and that of every state in the Union to ensure our rights are protected. This is why nowhere in any constitution will you see the word democracy. This is on purpose. The founders of this country and the framers of the constitution studied various forms of government, and they deplored democracy. The writer Jason Hoyt says there are two types of people who refer to our country as a democracy. Those that don't know the difference and don't understand how important it is, which is probably the vast majority of us, and those that wish it to be true as they intend to someday vote your rights away. Remember, we are a free constitutional Republic, not a democracy. Let us proceed in our lives accordingly. It's individual rights, not collective rights. The other arm of this is when you see governments and groups promoting collective rights. Again, it sounds good at first as a platitude until you start to really look at it. You see this a lot these days where bureaucrats will talk about temporarily taking away your rights, quote unquote, for the greater good. 15 days to flatten the curve, that sort of thing. The problem is that infringement on the rights of Group A in order to help Group B is still an infringement of rights, and the government was created to protect everyone's rights. Placing the interests of the collective above the rights of the individual leads to democracy and mob rule where rights are determined and trampled upon by the majority with no regard to the natural God-given rights of the minority. You saw this recently with the infringement of the rights of the healthy to protect the unhealthy. This is the government attempting to rule the people as a democracy, and this is wrong and un-American. There are no collective rights. There are individual God-given unalienable rights. In America, every individual's rights, even those of the minority, are precious and must be secure. We do not have constitutional rights. You hear this a lot. They're violating my constitutional rights. And I think I've even said this myself a few times, and I was mistaken. So let's be crystal clear. We, the people, do not have constitutional rights. We don't get our rights from the Constitution, and the Constitution does not list our rights. It's not a list of rights. It's a list of protections. Again, you and I have natural God-given rights, and the Constitution was written to protect them. If the Constitution was destroyed and thrown away, would I still have my natural God-given right to speak my mind? Of course I would. To suggest we get our rights from the Constitution is the wrong perspective. Your rights are God-given and unalienable. The Constitution protects them. The government receives its rights from the Constitution. Your rights are inherent and above the government whose role it is to protect your individual freedoms. So the Constitution is not our rule book. It's not a set of laws for we, the people. It's meant for them, the government. It's our protection from them. 
Again, the Bill of Rights is the first ten amendments of the Constitution. It is not a list of our rights, contrary to popular belief. To learn what my rights are, I don't go to the Constitution. If our rights were reduced to a list, they could be modified or taken away. Our unalienable rights are from God. They are naturally ours by our mere humanity alone. So I don't go to the Bill of Rights to see what rights I have. I go to the Bill of Rights to see what protections I have. You see the difference? The Constitution was written by we the people to give government form, define and limit its jurisdiction, and instruct them on how they can and cannot interact with some of our natural God-given unalienable rights. They can and my privacy. They can't restrict my speech. They can't infringe on my right to keep and bear arms. They can't establish a national religion. And they can't infringe on my right to worship God. So why is it called the Bill of Rights? Well, think about it this way. We the people handed the government the Constitution and told them to follow it. The Bill of Rights lists the required protections of some of our God-given unalienable rights the government owes to we the people. It's freedom of speech, not freedom from being offended. It's a fact that some speech can be offensive. However, it is not the government's job to ensure that you aren't offended. Complaining to the authorities that you've been offended won't do anything. The First Amendment says, quote, Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech, unquote. And in light of today's big tech censorship and cancel culture, what is the proper role of government? Can big tech censor you on their platforms or are your posts and comments protected by the First Amendment? The First Amendment says, quote, Congress shall pass no law abridging the freedom of speech, unquote. It does not say, quote, Facebook shall make no community standard abridging the freedom of speech, unquote. Or, quote, Congress shall make laws ensuring Facebook allows you to say anything on their property. Unquote. To clarify, the First Amendment protects your natural God-given right to speak your mind from infringement from government. It does not protect that right from infringement by others. The reality is that whoever owns the property sets the terms. That is why protection of life, liberty, and property was so important to the founders. If it's your house, your business, your property, you get to enjoy it how you see fit. The beauty of the free market system is that we can all go somewhere else, which is what people are doing in droves right now. We are free to choose a different platform or create our own. Shall not be infringed means shall not be infringed. This pill can be hard to swallow for the left. The Second Amendment says, in a straightforward manner, quote, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, unquote. Really clear language, right? You have a natural God-given unalienable right to defend yourself from attack, and that includes arms. The perspective that most people miss is that the Second Amendment does not give you that right. That right existed long before the Constitution was written. If the Second Amendment wasn't there, would you still have the right to defend your life? Of course you would. It's natural law and unalienable. You are endowed by your Creator with the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And with that comes a responsibility to defend those rights. Your founders knew that the means of speaking your mind and the necessary weapons to defend your life against tyrannical government would change with the times. Shall not be infringed means exactly what it says. Shall not be infringed. Final thoughts. It seems many people were confused about their place in the hierarchy during COVID. And too many of us abandoned our rights and the soul of America to take our place at the bottom of the hierarchy, obediently and meekly surrendering our God-given rights and waiting for government bureaucrats to tell us what we were free to do and when. This is completely backwards, as we've said, and it's un-American. Remember, the government has no inherent power. None. 
The only power the government has is derived from our consent. They can do nothing without it. Government doesn't all of a sudden decide everyone has to wear a mask or everyone needs to take an experimental jab or a medicine or anything whatsoever. They have no authority. Stop falling for this, my friends. If more of us do not dig into our God-given rights and understand that and the role of the Constitution to instruct the government in what they can and cannot do, our great example of freedom for we the people will be under constant threat. We will have failed in handing it off to future generations, and I, for one, do not want to be the generation that failed America and everything she stands for. We need people to be awake to this. This is, in a thousand ways, the polar opposite of any woke ideology you will see around today. And my hope is that you will start to arm yourself with knowledge of natural law, no matter what your religious or spiritual beliefs are. For our founding fathers created this for us, for we the people is a treasure for our children and our children's children. America has been under attack from a many-headed hydra, a Marxist and communist enemy that is hoping there is no more strength in Americans or those that adore freedom, or that we are so confused and scared we won't stand up for the freedom and liberty of our children and our grandchildren. And I am betting big that they have underestimated we the people. I wish you Godspeed in your awakening, my dear friend. Keep integrating everything you are learning. The next chapters of our story are clearly upon us. If you find value in our show and wish to show us some love, we are now making that very easy to do. You simply go to www.basecampformen.com and click on Donate Support Basecamp. You'll find an easy way to make either monthly donations for as little as $5 a month, or you can donate just once. We love the monthly donation and hope to build this up over the coming months, but any show of support is greatly appreciated, honestly. Thank you for your support and for helping to keep Basecamp as a resource on your hero's journey. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Again, good luck in all your endeavors and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac, and you're listening to Base Camp for Men. Mm-hmm.